The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. Well, the team check-in series rolls on. We're almost fully complete, almost covered all 30 teams. We're getting really close uh, with opening day uh, rapidly approaching. Um, I hope you've been enjoying this series. Uh, You can go back and look on our archives to see all the teams we covered over the past several weeks. But the whole idea with this series was to talk about some key storylines, players to watch from each team to get us prepared for the season. Um, today, I'm talking Atlanta Braves with Kevin McAlpin of Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan. But before I get into that, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on iTunes, not only is to subscribe, but also to rate and review. It makes a big difference um, and it helps more people find the show. So any help you can give us there would be much appreciated. Okay, let's talk to Kevin McAlpin of Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan. Kevin, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you making the time to come on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Well, the Braves are coming off a last place finish, back-to-back 90 loss seasons, but I see reasons for optimism as they move into this new ballpark. Uh, We saw the offense uh, perform much better during the second half last year. Um, They added some arms over the winter, which should at least stabilize the rotation. Uh, They have a very good minor league system. What are the expectations from ownership and the front office this year? Contention, probably a stretch, but maybe respectability is is a nice goal. Yeah, I think that is certainly a good way of putting it. Look, this is a team that lost 67 games uh, or won 67 games two years ago, 68 games last year. I think what you what, what the Braves feel like they have this year is a team that can sort of uh, resemble the Marlins from last year, where you get to September 1, you're five, six games out of that second wild card spot, you're hanging around. The biggest key is you're playing meaningful games in the month of September. That's something that hasn't happened here in Atlanta for the last handful of years. So I think if this team can be around a 500 ball club, you know, 80, 81, 82 wins, somewhere in that area, uh, I think there's a, a lot of reason for uh, fans to be, uh, you know, getting on board with that as a significant step forward from what they've seen the last couple of years. They finished the second half strong, uh, won 20 of their final 30 games last year. And as you mentioned, with Matt Kemp in the middle of that order behind Freddie Freeman, the offense went from about three and a half runs a game to a little under five and a half. That's a significant jump forward. So I think a lot of those are, are reasons why uh, folks in the front office and coaching staff here in Atlanta are, are very optimistic this team could surprise some people this year. Well, they added R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon. Uh, Colon is, you know, an exciting guy to watch, uh, whether he's hitting or pitching. 
We could do this yeah. whole episode about Bartolo if we wanted, but uh, Jaime Garcia has that past success as well. We've seen rumors about maybe Jose Quintana, them linked to, to uh, a big name like that. But what about um, internal improvements? Uh, Mike Fultonevich, you can see the pieces here from, for him to be an impact pitcher, high velocity arm, made some nice strides with his control last year. The 4-3-1 ERA last year didn't jump off the page, but... Can you see him taking another step forward this year? I can. Yeah, I absolutely can. From what we've seen from Fulty this spring training, I love the, uh, the mound presence. Look, this is a guy that the last couple of years there would be a leadoff walk or a leadoff base hit or maybe a ball kicked behind him. Next thing you know, it's turned into a three spot. I think what you've seen from Mike Fultonavich when he's on the mound is a, a much better between-the-ears presence where he's not letting little things like that derail him or throw him off his game. So, Encouraging signs from Fulty. I think when you look at the, the rest of the rotation, when you're talking about uh, guys like Bartolo and, and R.A. Dickey and Jaime Garcia, obviously if he can stay healthy, these are guys that can get you deep into a ball game and aren't going to go out there and you know, fall behind in counts uh, you know, left and right. That's something we saw a lot of the last couple of years from young starters like Matt Whistler, Aaron Blair, Tyrell Jenkins, getting behind in the count and getting themselves hurt. These are guys that can go out there and get you 180 to 200 innings they're going to start 30-some-odd ball games, So I think that uh, you know, that alone will not only be a big lift to the rotation, but that should have a trickle-down effect to the bullpen, which should have much more success this year, not being as taxed as early on as it was the last couple of seasons. For sure. Uh, getting to this lineup, uh, and you touched on it a little bit already, uh, Freddie Freeman hasn't had much help around him since the Braves decided to tear things down in the rebuild. Uh, that changed a bit last year during the second half, as we said, the addition of Matt Kemp, uh, Ender and Ciarte was really night and day as the season moved along. And we saw Freeman establish new career highs, 34 homers, 968 OPS. What do you think were the keys to his surge at the plate last year? Well, I think just that, you know, having that protection in the order is, is huge. I mean, look, he didn't really have a true cleanup guy hitting behind him for the last couple of seasons. So yeah. I think, you know, having a full season with Matt Kemp, you know, you add Brandon Phillips into the mix as well. It's a longer, deeper lineup than the Braves have had the last couple of seasons. So I think that should be uh, a real benefit. But again, just a full season with Kemp, and not only one, but two more after this year. That was the big key for me when they go out and bring in Matt Kemp. He's not a rental. This is a guy that's still under contract for a few more years and uh, you know, has a chance to be a very uh, important piece of this lineup for, for the significant portion uh, going forward. So uh, just having that, uh, you know, being able to look over his shoulder and seeing Matt Kemp lurking in the on-deck circle, uh, it will be a big benefit for Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Kemp, not the dynamic player he was before, but certainly still has the power and can be that middle-of-the-order bat. Um, another player we saw emerge during the second half last year, Dansby Swanson. Of course, uh, now part of the infamous Shelby Miller deal with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Swanson uh, more than held his own uh, during his first stint in the majors last year, hit 302, 803 OPS over 38 games. Has battled a bit of a back issue this spring, but it sounds like he'll be fine for opening day. Now, he mostly batted out of the number eight spot last season. Could he bat near the top of the order this year? Or are they going to wait to put the pressure on him there? No, he's actually going to be uh, making the jump up to the two spots. Uh, obviously, Inciarte will be the leadoff man, and uh, Swanson will be hitting in front of Freddie Freeman. So they like what they saw from, from Dansby last year. Uh, he handled the jump to the big leagues as well as anybody could have imagined. Uh, he didn't let the moment phase him. I mean, look, this is a guy that you know came right up from Double A ball, and uh, you know he, he didn't let the uh, the spotlight or the cameras or the interview requests uh, throw him off his game. I love how he handled it. Obviously, being around big league spring training last year helped uh, him feel more comfortable around the guys in the clubhouse. So 
uh, it was great to see the way he made that transition. So we will see him bat second, and uh, that's an area, obviously, he's used to hitting uh, when he was playing in college at Vanderbilt, hitting at the top of the order, and, uh, you know, obviously the minors as well. So uh, I think he feels comfortable there, and I think he's going to be a nice fit as uh, NCRT and Swanson help set the table for, as we mentioned, Freddie Freeman, Matt Kemp, Nick Parkagis, and uh, Brandon Phillips. Very excited to watch him this year. Uh, getting to that second base situation, the Braves signed Sean Rodriguez to a two-year $11.5 million contract back in November, but uh, he injured his shoulder in a serious uh, car crash in late January. And with Rodriguez slated to miss most of the season, the Braves acquired Brandon Phillips from the Reds in February. It's understandable why the Braves would take a chance on Phillips. The Reds are paying uh, the great majority of the contract, but my question is whether this will have an impact on whether on when we could see uh, top prospect Ozzy Albies in the majors. Uh, do the Braves think that he could really benefit from basically another full year in the minors? Well, they do, but I'll put it to you this way. Talking to Braves GM John Covalella a few weeks ago, he said, look, if Ozzy Albies shows that he's ready, much like Dansby Swanson did last year, nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to block Ozzy Albies from getting the jump to the big leagues, whether it's Brandon Phillips or whoever else it may be. Uh, no one's going to stop him from getting a chance to get up to the bigs. So, uh, as you mentioned, the Reds are paying 13 of the $14 million owed on Brandon Phillips. Uh, the Braves gave away two guys that weren't even in their top 30 prospects. So, it was a total win if you're uh, on the Braves' side. A great move. Uh, it fills a couple of needs, as you mentioned, with Sean Rodriguez being done for the year in that uh, in that uh, after the shoulder surgery. So uh, I think it was a great move. But at the end of the day, if, if Ozzy shows that he's ready, and I like what we've seen this spring from him. Uh, if it's July, if it's August, if it's September, whenever it is, we will see Ozzy Albies in Atlanta at some point this year. Yeah, that, that double play combo will be pretty exciting and, and one they could have for almost a decade. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, Matt Wieters uh, was connected to the Braves at various points this winter, speculation, whatever the case might be. Uh, and, he, and it's understandable given his roots, but the Braves ultimately decided to stick with Tyler Flowers and add Kurt Suzuki, uh, while Wieters signed with another NL East team and the Nationals. Uh, did talks ever get serious between the Braves and Wieters? Not from the folks I've talked to. I don't think it ever got to the point where the Braves thought that that was going to be uh, a move that, that took place. I think that so obviously they, they had some interest. They did their due diligence. They had those conversations. Uh, you know, to see, uh, you know, see about the possibilities. But I think the Braves really like what they have in Tyler Flowers. They bring in Kurt Suzuki, who will likely be, and I'm not going to say a personal catcher, but expect to see Suzuki behind the plate more times than not with R.A. Dickey on the mound. Those two have worked really, really well together this spring. But I think the Braves really like what they got in Tyler Flowers. Uh, he had to uh, cover a lot of innings last year when A.J. Przinski got hurt. He did a fantastic job doing that. So, uh, I think there was some conversations, but I don't think it ever got very far to the point where it seemed like it was going to be a realistic opportunity. And final question here, and I know it's not a big deal for a team coming off a 90-loss season, but Jim Johnson finished last season in the closer role and actually got a contract extension on the last day of the regular season. Uh, he deserves to open the year as the closer after the great second half he had last year, but do you think he'll last all year in the role? The Braves have some really interesting young arms here. Of course, Aradis Vizcaino, who we've seen in that role before, but also uh, Mauricio Cabrera, among others. Yeah, I do think that that's the big reason he resigned here was the opportunity to serve as the closer. And I do expect Jim Johnson will remain in that role unless something was to go wrong. Now, that is a luxury, as you point out, having guys like Viz and Cabrera that could cover those late-game situations, should something happen to J.J., it's nice to have other guys you can count on. Cabrera, to me, is the one of the three. He, he's just not a finished product yet. 
uh, command and control has always been his issue. Uh, this spring, we've kind of seen some, some good, and we've seen some, some not so good that reminds you he's still a work in progress. So Jim Johnson will be the closer, but if, if something was to happen, if he was to get hurt or say the Braves had you know, four save opportunities in six or seven days, I would expect to see Biz be the next guy that would, would be in that spot uh, you know, to, to give Jim Johnson a day or two off. And just one thing I, I want to ask before we go, uh, have you had a chance to see the new stadium and is it cozier than the old park? Is it something that might play pitcher friendly, hitter friendly? What's the early thinking about that? I have, yeah. I actually spent uh, probably five or six different opportunities over there uh, this past off season to check it out and get some tours and I was there just before we came down to Orlando, uh, second week of February. I think it's going to play a little bit more friendly for hitters, especially lefties. Uh, than Turner Field did. Turner Field was a big ballpark, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You had to hit it out of a cannon to get it out of, out of right center field. Those gaps were huge. So I think for, for lefties, I think you'll see Freddie Freeman's numbers increase. Maybe even Nick Martakis goes up a tick or two this year uh, as it'll be a little bit more friendly for those uh, type of hitters. But you know, I think overall, it's going to be a great ballpark, a phenomenal uh, place to come watch a game. Turner Field was about 50-some thousand feet. This is 41,000. Uh, great sight lines. You're going to be right on top of the action. So I can't wait. The Braves take on the Yankees a week from tonight. They'll get things going for real in the home opener on April 14th. So I don't know if it's necessarily a pitcher's park or a hitter's park. Probably somewhere in the middle, but uh, expect to see those numbers from lefties jump a little bit this year. And just to wrap things up here, feel free to let our listeners know how they can follow your work on social media and elsewhere. Yeah, I was really creative when I came up with the uh, Twitter handle. It's just at Kevin McAlpin, (laughs) M-C-A-L-P-I-N, all the latest on the Braves, MLB, and then on uh, Instagram as well, same handle on both of those platforms. So uh, it's always uh, always fun interacting with the folks, and uh, feel free to uh, give us a holler and talk a little Braves baseball. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. As someone who watches a lot of Mets games, I'm going to be sad to not be able to watch Bartolo Colon every fifth day uh, this season. So enjoy him, Braves fans, and, and please treat him well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with this show, you can email us rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that email address is rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any feedback, fantasy questions, uh, that's where you can reach us. And once we get into our regular season episodes, our regular weekly episodes, which are more fantasy-centric, we're going to want questions from you. So feel free to bring them our way. We'll answer some off the air. We'll answer a bunch, a bunch on the air as well. So feel free to get in touch. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, I started it during spring training. It's just facebook.com slash DJ Short Baseball. I'll be posting articles uh, during the season, commenting on various things. Uh, our podcast will be linked there as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Short. Uh, my co-host Drew Silva, who's done a bunch of these team check-in episodes, but he's in a lot of our regular weekly episodes as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew Silva. And I will see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.